Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Welcome. Today we are going to venture out and speak to an industry influencer and great friend of So Powerful. If you don't already know Evie Hawkins, you may wonder what rock you've been living under. But don't worry, we're going to fix all that for you today. And in, in the next 30 minutes, you'll get to know Evie Hawkins and her company, A Bit of Stitch. Welcome, Evie. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm just fine. I'm so intrigued by your business. I've been a fan for a long time. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about A Bit of Stitch. Well, that would probably take more time than you have, but to be brief, my online business is mainly machine embroidery. So I sell machine embroidery designs that I digitize myself, originating from my own artwork. So I get to draw it, and then I get to punch it to life using my finger, click, click, click on my keyboard. And um, I guess because I'm a project-driven designer, that means I usually dream up the designs that go with the projects that I want to sew. I have a little bit of a different view on how the whole process works, but I also have a smattering of sewing patterns and some craft-related tutorials for specific machines or techniques that I'm in love with, like the Baby Lock Koshka machine, for instance. That's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. So I have, some, I have a book and some products for that, too. What is the name of your book? Uh, Sashiko Techniques Tutorial. Oh. Uh-huh. And it's written specifically for the Baby Lock machine. Baby Lock, um, their retailers normally stock in their store. And, of course, it's on my own online shop. And it's a good book to have if you have that machine because I give you all my tr- tricks and tips and inside know-how. Things that I learned about it flying by the seat of my pants with it, basically. Well, you have an affiliation with, with Baby Lock. How did that come about? <laughs> That's kind of a funny story. I was, I'm was i a longtime lover of Baby Lock machines. I have an old serger, one of the very first that they ever invented that someone gave to someone who gave to me. And I still have it. There's a pencil holding up the thread stand because it's broke. But you know what? It still works. And my very first embroidery machine was also a baby lock. One of the first ones that came out was a little old Estante that had that tiny little four-by-four four hoop. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so long before there was such a thing as a brand sponsor or affiliate label or any of these other things that we have today, I was already teaching exclusively on baby lock machines and at baby lock retailers just because I love the machines and I love the company. It's family-run. Um, the company is right here in the USA and they're, they were a great bunch of people, and I just fell in love with them. But today, my affiliation title with Baby Lock uh, is Baby Lock Influencer for Machine Embroidery, specifically for the new Altair machine, which is like science fiction come true or something. It's so awesome. And I'm also very lucky to be the spokesperson for their Sashka machine. So that machine and I have an ongoing love affair. But don't tell my embroidery machines that because they're a little jealous of each other. <laughs> okay. And so what is your background in, in sewing and embroidery and digitizing? I'm just so intrigued. Well, let's see. I guess you could say that I've been sewing all my life. 
Ever since I was allowed to hold a needle, there were, well, okay, let me back up. Since I could be trusted not to lose needles, I can remember <laughs> losing my needle privilege when I lost one when I was so on my mom's bed. I didn't get one back for a long time. Oh. But in, in the course of my lifetime, I've, I've had the privilege of working in all parts of the sewing industry, from the back end of it to the front end of it, behind the scenes and in the factories and seeing how it worked. I worked as a couturier making evening wear and wedding garments and special occasion wear fancy dress, as my granddaughter would say. And I worked for a small little manufacturing plant right here in Sumter. Well, actually, it was Dazel, so a little far away from Sumter. And it was there that I was introduced to machine embroidery. So they wanted me to take my artwork and to have it converted into embroidery designs to put on the garments that I was designing for them. So they sent me to a plant in Woodgolf, South Carolina, where they were doing that and it was amazing this was back before they had machine embroidery machines that you could buy and take home and and do for yourself so these Mm -hmm. were gigantic machines the size of a small room that um did the designs and they were run by looked like movie reels of paper tape so i got to watch the guy sit down at a little thing that looked like a calculator, an old-fashioned calculator, and he would punch holes in these reels of paper tape, and each hole was where the needle went down. So I learned how to manually punch through watching him. I learned the basics of it. And I tell you what, when I figured out that I could take my artwork and have it converted into stitches and that I could do that myself, I was hooked. And that was the beginning of it all. Wow. And so did that background help you with the way you digitize now? Yes, I still do. In fact, on um, all the programs that I use, I always look for the ability to con- to convert my artwork to stitches one at a time. So I have complete control where the needle goes down. So if you're if I'm putting an underlay, I want the underlay to be in a specific spot. If I'm putting in fill stitches or satin or column or whatever it is that I'm doing, I like to have complete control. Of course. Some of the software now is really fancy and it's fun to use, like automatic fills and things. But if I can't tweak it and make it do exactly what I want to do, I'm not going to use it. Well, I I have to tell you, (laughs) I I, I bought some software and I thought, oh, well, how hard could it be to digitize? Um, And the answer is hard. (laughs) And so (laughs) I decided that's not my wheelhouse. I'm going to leave it to the experts like Evie. And so uh, I'm I'm so glad you do what you do because it just, that was over my head. That was, I'm very impressed that you can do that. So basically you've been sewing since you were a child, um, which led to embroidery and digitizing. And um, what, what was the impetus that caused you to form a bit of stitch? Well, my family, they, I was creating all these embroidery designs and, you know, putting them on everything. I think they were living in fear that if they set a piece of clothing down, they'd end up having something stitched on it. So they started hiding things from me, I think, just so I wouldn't put embroidery on everything they owned. So they were encouraging me to branch out. And I discovered that there were ways that I could sell my designs online then. So I looked it up and I was like, nobody's going to buy it. They're not going to want to buy this stuff. This is just what I want to make. This is, I just, 
just my own art and what I wanted to sew, and that's what I was happy making. But how little did I know? I was so totally shocked and amazed that, yes, people did want to buy what I made, and the business just kind of grew from there. It was, it was very amazing, very humbly started, very tiny, very small, and then it just took on a life of its own. So, And when did it start? my business. It started, um, let's see, well, I'd have to do the math. My my son, he's, let's <laughs> yes, that, see. That's how I reference everything. <laughs> how old are my children? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I put the, my two oldest through college with it, and my youngest, she started college too. So I was working when they were still in high school, um, I think, he graduated in 2012, and I had already been working for about four years. So oh, okay. All right. And someplace around in there. And when and you yeah. started, did you start with a website, or did you use any of the other selling platforms? What, what did you do to no, start? No, I did. I just used uh, one of the basic um, vendor malls. I don't think they're still there anymore. And I started with them, and it wasn't very long that I got very unhappy with it because I couldn't, I couldn't have contact with my customers. And I wanted to have contact. Plus, I wanted to give them um, more instruction than I could give them. We, there was very, it was limited. Like, okay, you can give them this kind of a, a document and you can only put this much information in it. Well, mm. I wanted to tell them about the things they could make with what I was designing. And I wanted to give them more information for how to stabilize fabrics I think they should use and all that. So I became unhappy and I started looking for ways to develop my own website and found somebody to do that. And there we went. Let me tell you, I admire people who can build and run websites. To me, that's like a foreign language. <laughs> well, okay. And I've, I've built a couple of websites, so I can't digitize, <laughs> but you certainly can. So that's, that's amazing. Who, who is your target audience? Who, who buys your products? Um, people who like to embroider the things I like to embroider, maybe. <laughs> that sounds kind of funny, but if a piece of my heart isn't in the design that I'm making, it's just not going to be born because I only create what I really love to stitch. And thankfully, there are folks who love to stitch the same thing. I do tend to be kind of project-driven and technique-driven. and People really like to learn something new. I mean, mm -hmm. I do, don't you? My mama used to say, you know, a day is never wasted if you learn something new. So, um, and I like good old-fashioned vintage-inspired prettiness. And I think we're all yearning sometimes for good old-fashioned vintage-inspired prettiness. And so it's been, it's been well-received, and I'm always so grateful and thankful for that because this is what I love. This is, this is my heart that I'm putting out there. Well, recently um, you had a little contest on Facebook um, to name your your new designs that go on vintage-looking handkerchiefs. Um, talk about that that contest and how that all worked out. That was so much fun. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I'm so thankful for people who are willing to help us out because that is one, believe it or not, of the hardest things for me to do. And my girls don't like it any better than I do. They help me with the website. Uh, Rachel runs the website herself, but when it comes to naming a set of designs, we're like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. 
uh, and we'll just start throwing out these really weird and awful names, and we'll, like, we'll be giggling hilariously because it was like, okay, we can't call it any of these. So we just throw it out there to my wonderful followers on Facebook and Instagram and say, name it, name this and win this. And we get the most amazing suggestions. So this is the second or third or maybe fourth or fifth time I've done that. And every single time, somebody, and usually it'll be more than one person with the same name, which is fine because then I get to give away more stuff. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and so the name, the winning name was Hanky Dainties. Hanky Dainties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I submitted some name that wasn't that clever at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Well, after you know, after I when I enter these little things, I try to put mine down, and then I go up and see what everybody else says. So oh. <laughs> it doesn't influence me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are such better ideas. So anyway, uh, that that was there were some in there were so cute. We really, really wanted to use them. So I've got a list of names that. Oh, maybe, Anything maybe, ever comes up. <laughs> right. A future project. There you go. That's already pre-named. Uh-huh. Pre-named. Um, uh-huh. And so um, you have quite a following. What is the typical way that, that people learn about you? Well, I actually think it's word of mouth. I used to think it was from my traveling around and teaching at events, and we do always pick up a, a good many more customers from that. But as you know, none of us have been traveling sure. and teaching at events for the last few months. In fact, I had to quit in um, November last year because of personal issues. So I was already out of the game by then and mm-hmm. not going to be getting started back until May this year. Well, that went out the door. So. Sure. I was like, oh, my goodness, well, we're just going to stagnate. But you know what? I'm so amazed because we have our newsletter sign-up has just blown us out of the water. So I think I think it's word of mouth. I really don't know what else to say. I think it's just people will buy something, they'll switch it out, they'll tell their friends. And and I have some wonderful friends at Baby Lock who are Baby Lock educators like Misty Billingsley. She um, uses my designs in her classes, and they're a lot of them, I love, I love baby lock educators. Well, they're called ambassadors now, sorry. But anyway, what they do is go into their retailers and they teach. And Missy has a great following on her um, Facebook where she does evening podcasts, basically teaching new technique. And lots of times she's showing some of my things or other designers. So I think it's like people like her who really help um, showcase what I do and then people get interested and they go look me up. So it's um, a little bit of everything, maybe. Okay. Well, you mentioned your newsletter. How can people sign up for your newsletter? There's a link on my website. And it's a great little newsletter to follow because lots of times there'll be embroidery and sewing tips in it. So I might show you what new I'm working on. I might show you what I made and then I'll tell you how I made it. Um, I give away a lot of freebies. Um, much to the consternation of my daughter who has to handle all that. And um, <laughs> she's like, Mom, are we doing a freebie this week? And I said, okay, not this week. Oh, okay. Not that she doesn't want to give them away, but it's a lot of work. So, um, and she's trying to get a lot of other things done, like get this new website um, out. So, so in the newsletter, there's freebies, there's tips, there's new blog posts, there's, any, there's a lot of news in it. Plus, there's always sales. So I always put, specials on and sometimes they're really good like it might be a 
a $39 set and it's on sale for 10 So oh. there's good deals to be out of the newsletter. So sign up if you want to. <laughs> You'll well, have fun reading them anyway. Uh, yes, and, and I love your newsletter. And we're, I'm going to we're going to talk about this um, in, in a little while, but I found the so powerful um, in the hoop design news about that in your newsletter. So that was, it was like, what? So I was very excited to, to, to read that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but um, so as a business owner, um, what, what are some of your biggest challenges? Hmm. Well, not being distracted and stressed away from my own deeply felt personal values and beliefs. That's just kind of things getting in the boat. That's a hard thing to do in today's world. Learning how to say no. No matter how kindly I say it, I always feel like a real bad person telling somebody, no, I can't do that. So Mm -hmm. that's really hard for me. And um, keep it absolutely true to my own vision and not listening to the voices that tell me that I need I put that in quotes there to do such and such in order to do whatever it is, whatever new thing there is. You know, not all these things are wonderful. Some of them are, but sometimes what is old and tried and true really does work. And um, sometimes it's not always good to jump on the new bandwagon. Sometimes it's good to let that new bandwagon trundle along the road a little while and just watch it. So it's the, the biggest challenge as a business owner is knowing what is that song? Knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them, basically. <laughs> so right. just, you know, just basically sitting, staying in the boat, keeping through your own vision. And um, my daughter would say that my biggest challenge is not giving away the store because I do so love to give people stuff. So Uh-oh. she's my keeper. Like it's well, me into hot water sometimes. Well, on the other side of the coin, I'm sure there's a lot of rewards to owning your business. What, what do you enjoy about owning a bit of Stitch? Well, besides the fact that I can work in my pajamas most of my day, um, and I don't have set hours, you know, if I want to work all night long, then I can sleep in in the morning. <laughs> That's a reward all on its own. But mostly, I think it's what really, really, really makes me totally happy, insanely happy, is when I see what's come out of my heart, what I've created out of love being stitched and loved in the hands of these wonderful, creative and talented, amazing people that I meet and hearing their stories and learning things from them because I learned so much stuff from my own customers. They're always teaching me things and they become friends. So it's, a, it, I, I don't know how to put that in words. That's a reward that doesn't have a price. It's priceless, isn't it? And it, that's just, there's not one day that goes by that I'm not completely thankful and grateful that I get to do what I get to do. Well, Evie, that sounds great. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we're, we're going to talk some more with Evie. And uh, she's going to talk about her inspiration. But we're also going to sort of close the loop and, and get to know how Evie and So Powerful became friends. So join me after the break. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders 
Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be, the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, when you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. Welcome back. We've been speaking with Evie Hawkins, owner of A Bit of Stitch, an online store with amazing embroidery designs and tutorials and all kinds of good stuff. Evie's been sharing with us her background and how she became the industry influencer for Baby Lock. Evie, um, you've talked a lot about being influenced or driven by, by projects. What's the inspiration process like for you? Well, hmm. generally it begins with something I want to make. So if I want to make a little dress, for instance, for my granddaughter, and I'm thinking, oh, well, this is summer. I want to put something real summery on it. And, I, you know, I have this amazing stock of designs. And I could just use something that I already have, but my brain doesn't seem to work that way. So I have to create something new for this little dress. So I'm... It's generally it starts with, that's what I mean by project-driven. It begins with an entire project, and then it narrows itself down to an embroidery design or in the hoop technique or something like that. So um, that's basically the beginning of my creation in most things. However, I have this backlog going on in my head. My husband said to me one day, I'm afraid you're going to run out of things to make. And I was looked at him like he was insane. Like, what plant did you fall from? Because I will never live long enough to do all the stuff that's flying around in my head. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, and life inspires me. You know, my children, my grandchildren, my mom, sometimes it's what she needs. Like, oh, Eddie, I need such and such. Well, that'll just start the ball roll on my friends, um, my family, my neighbors, my cat. Yeah, she needs a little quilt right now. And, you know, looking at nature, well, I don't grow flowers because I have no green thumbs, but all the weeds that grow between my house and my studio, my little walk, I call it in my flower garden. My husband says they're weeds. They're not weeds. They're beautiful because they're blooming. Anyway, they inspire me. So sometimes I actually give dandelions. So pretty much anything about the goodness of life is inspiring to me. But I don't think I will ever stop being inspired by it. You are a friend of So Powerful, and a little while back, you um, met our co-founders, Jason and Cinnamon Miles. Can you tell us about that first meeting, how that happened? Yes, I can. Well, I was introduced them first before meeting them through a sponsorship program that Baby Lock was doing at the time. And um, then last year at Baby Lock Tech, I met them in person, and I just adored that they were so down to earth. They were so friendly and just generally wonderful, nice people. And and besides that, I mean, they have this project that they're doing, this deep, heartfelt desire to do what they're doing. And, you know, compassion, true compassion, 
is seeing a need and doing something about it. Well, that's what they're doing. You know, they saw a need and they're doing something about it. And when you run across folks like that, you just hold them in your heart with joy. So I am just totally honored and very humbled to know them and hope that I get to do lots more with them in the future. For listeners, if you haven't heard our previous podcast, um, So Powerful asks volunteers from around the world uh, to make a purse, and the purse is available from the So Powerful website. Um, And then the purse goes to Zambia, Africa, where So Powerful employs seamstresses to make reusable feminine hygiene supplies. And those of us that make purses, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who do this around the world, we are always trying to up our game. And Evie, you were a part of that, especially, I'm going to say for me personally, thank you so much. You digitized the flap for the uh, what we call the beginner purse. How did that come about? And tell us a little bit about the process of doing that. I'm going to, it's kind of embarrassing to admit that I'm a lazy seller. Well, okay, I'll take that back. I'm not really lazy. I'm just, I want to get things done in the least amount of time as possible because I have so much I want to do in that little bit amount of time. So you could say I'm a time challenge seller who always thinks that I can get more done in a given amount of time that is really humanly possible. This has been a lifelong battle with me. My <laughs> husband needs to hear this because that's my problem too. <laughs> It, it, it's a real problem, isn't it? There's got to be therapy for this. Anyway, thankfully, I have these wonderful machines, and they're like sewing partners, and I can teach them tricks. And one of those tricks is saving time. So that's how that flap design became to be. I wanted to make more than one flap. And with all that is in my plate that I do for the business and my other obligations to baby lock and stuff I write and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I was going to have like an hour to work. Well, I wanted to make more than one, so I went and digitized it, and then I could make four in the same amount of time that I could make one. So win-win, right? Absolutely. So plus, I'm going. I'm an embroidery designer, so I'm going to be putting embroidery on those flaps because hey, that's part of the fun. So that means that fabric is going to be in the hoop at one point. Might as well go ahead and construct the whole thing in that hoop while I'm at it. So. That's how it came to be. Um, well, I, and I have to say, um, I've made very few purses without using your in the hoop flap just because it, uh, well, every time the stitches are precise, um, the corners are perfectly rounded, there is no little, you know, glitches or, or crooked seams. So um, it turns out so beautifully. And then the ability, I, I like to put a little embroidery design on my flap too. So you, mm-hmm. like you said, it's already on the machine. You might as well take advantage of it. And you've given us some nice options. Um, and besides mm-hmm. the, the flap, you also digitized um, making the inside pocket, the slip pocket with a little edging. And it, it just really dresses up the purse. It's a nice little surprise inside the purse for the girl who gets gets that purse over in Zambia. So there's no other way as far as I'm concerned to make pockets besides in the hoop because as you say, you can get the corners perfect and all that good stuff. So why not make them in the hoop? Yeah. Well we 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 thank you on behalf of of everyone who uses your in the hoop design for so powerful. We all thank you very much for for doing that. So was that a difficult 
designed to put together? No, really not. I just had to narrow down my choices and try to keep it simple so that anyone in any range of, of, of um, a skill level could do it. I didn't want to make it so complicated that people were scared to try it. So I just wanted to keep it simple and simple and sweet. So it wasn't it wasn't really hard to do and it didn't take long really my time to do it. Didn't it? I do more stitch out. In other words, I'll digitize something, then you have to stitch it out sometimes multiple times in order to get everything right and fitting like it should. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it, it takes a little while, but but we don't. I don't talk about my mistakes. We, <laughs> we just put those. <laughs> well, I put those. I put those rejects in the trash can. And my, when my mom is visiting, she goes through my trash can. She goes, "What you throw this out for? What you throw this out for?" And then before I know it, she's got her pockets and pocketbook stuffed with stuff she's taking home. That I've thrown away, but I've learned how to how to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, as I look at, and I haven't tried all your designs. I'm I'm sorry to say, but um, wh- what are some of the ones that that if you're a more experienced embroiderer, um, what what would you recommend might be a, a new thing for us to learn or to be challenged doing? Uh, well, there is the paper piece in the hoop. That actually is very easy, but it's scary to people because there's so many parts, but you should try that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's cut work, machine embroidered cut work. Oh my goodness, that is so much fun, but it also looks a little scary and there's some tricks to it, but I have some videos and some blog posts. Um, those are two things, I think, right there, those two things that sort of people stumble a little bit. They look at it and they go, oh, that's so beautiful. I'd really love to try it, but I'm not sure. And then, um, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do applique. Mm-hmm. Well, I love applique. Mainly the reason why I like applique is because you use up fabric. And you know what happens when you use a fabric? Yeah. You need it's, more. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, let's use up all the fabric. I haven't seen a fabric store that like or a yard that I didn't have to have two of. So those things, appliques, I have... I have what's called try it tutorials, which I love. And I developed this just for my own customers because they would write me and say, well, Eddie, I love that you're doing this cut work. And I, you know, I used to do this by hand and this is really cool, but that scared me to death. And I said, okay, so I developed these little tutorials. So really you can sit down with half an hour of time and learn a totally new technique. So there's, there's over a dozen of them there now and they're, inexpensive, like ranging from $4 to $8, I think. And you, it's a class. It's a whole class, comes with the design, and you just sit down and follow along, and you learn something new. So those tutorials are a good place to start something new. Well, what, what is on the horizon for a bit of Stitch? What do, you, what do you see in your crystal ball? Well, a brand new website right now. We're about two weeks out from the launching of it so we're all scared completely to pieces it's we've been working on it for over a year and i had no idea it was going to be this much work oh my goodness i tell you what i bow in amazement to people who do this type of stuff all the time because just a little bit that i've had to do has really gotten me but it's almost done and we're really excited about it it's going to have so many fix so many issues that the old website had and have so many new things like a wish list and 
Oh, the ability for me to give you embedded videos to show you something right there on the page where the design is, which is awesome, and just so many good things. I'm really excited about that. And there's a lot, always, there's new things. I've got three blog posts that are just sitting there waiting to be edited. I've got tons of new designs, a folder full of artwork that's waiting to be digitized. I've got um, work right now on my desk is the, the classic sewing magazine article for the winter issue, sitting there looking at me, accusing me. And then there's um, there's an article for Baby Locks Totally Stitching Easy. If your customers aren't signed up for that, they should because that's a pretty free. It's through Baby Lock and it comes in your inbox. And all the projects in there are, they're so fun. They're, for the most part, they're very easy. Easy to follow. They're cool. There are a variety of them. And did I say free? I think I said free. Okay. I think you did. <laughs> so you don't have to subscribe to it. You, I mean, you don't pay a fee. You just go online there and sign up for it. And then they're also doing some more summer promotions. So I'll be working with them a lot. And I have got one cool project that I can't tell you about that I'm so excited about doing. Sign up for the newsletter. You'll get, the, you'll get yep. the, all yep. the details soon. Yep. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, it sounds like um, you don't get much sleep, but having said that, uh, do you have any advice for someone who might be thinking of starting their own online sewing or embroidery business? Yes, just do it. And if you love it, just do it. And be true to yourself. You, you be true to your own vision. Don't listen to somebody who says, hey, you can't do that. Just don't be afraid to try. You know, we might not have an on-do key in real life, but we do have this wonderful human ability to learn by our mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes turn out to be the best thing that can happen to you. But don't be afraid to make them. Just go for it. Just like life, the process is the greatest part of the fun. So jump in there with both feet. And remember, you'll be in good company because all of us started at the exact same spot at the beginning. So just do it. We're going to end at the beginning there, Evie. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it's so fun to talk with you and learn about your business in more detail and the contributions you've made to So Powerful are so appreciated. You have a good day and we will talk with you soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now, go out and have a so powerful day.